With trucker strikes and rising inflation, food shortages are becoming a big, big problem. Don't let yourself get caught unprepared. Buy a food survival kit today from My Patriot Supply and save. Over 2,000 calories a day to keep you healthy and strong with a 25-year shelf life to ensure it's ready for you when the shit hits the fan. Go to www.bit.ly slash cmspnfood, order your supplies today, and invest in yourself and your family now before it's too late. www.bit.ly slash cmspnfood, my patriot supply. Hey everyone, James Labrie from Dream Theater, and you're listening to or watching the podcast Talking Into Infinity with JT and Brian. Enjoy this. These guys are extremely informative. I love their dialogue. I love their interpretation of the songs, who and what we are, what we were going after. They're very uh, accurate in their uh, interpretations and descriptions. And uh, just I just think this is a great show. And these guys are doing a, a stand-up stellar job. So once again, enjoy Talking Into Infinity with JT and Brian. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Talking Into Infinity, a Dream Theater podcast. I am your host, John. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, TalkingIntoInfinity.com, and the CMSNetwork.com. We are live at those four locations every other Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you'd like to catch video replays of the show, just check out our YouTube channel, or better yet, go to Heavy Metal Television. You can find all of our episodes there. And if you'd like to download the audio version of the podcast just google talking into infinity and we're on almost any audio platform that you can think of let me bring on my awesome friend brian my co-host what is going on man hey what's going on man so I, I want to apologize this is not the um set from the 1990 acoustic dream theater show behind me <laughs> I, I, I don't have I, I don't have my green screen because I am actually not at home this is the third time uh we've postponed a ski trip so I'm actually in a motel outside of Cincinnati in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. So I apologize. I'm not going to have a cool green screen and you're just going to have to look at me, which is probably even worse with, you know, nothing <laughs> cool behind me, but you should have just like told, you should have just told everybody that's your green screen. Like, look, I got a, a hotel backdrop as my green screen for this <laughs> yeah, episode. You can see the, the <laughs> heater on the blowing on the curtain back here. It literally looks pro. <laughs> that's awesome. So uh, in a few moments, we are going to have Chance Labrie from Falset on uh, to talk to us about uh, their new single, Lullabies, and their upcoming uh, tour dates with Dream Theater in Canada. Uh, so he'll be on in a few minutes. Uh, while we are waiting for him to jump on, I want to thank, uh, first of all, thank the Dream Theater USA guys that we hooked up with uh, yesterday for a pre-show meet and greet. Oh, speaking of, there's Everett. Everett ran Everett ran the event last night. Everett, awesome to see you, man. Thanks for tuning into the show. I appreciate it. Uh, our buddy Kale McLeish is logged on. Good to see you, man. Nick Brayman, thanks for tuning in. And uh, yeah, many thanks to the Dream Theater USA uh, USA guys. If I could speak properly, many thanks to the Dream Theater USA guys. We had a blast hanging out yesterday. Um, you know, we met up. 
several hours before the show, actually. And uh, I kept you from getting dinner because you paid no attention to our, our scheduled plans. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was awesome, dude. I thought that was a total blast just hanging out with some, you know, fellow Dream Theater fans, like, you know, big nerds like us. It was it was a blast, man. The guys were great. And we ended up hanging out, you know, at Market Street. And then we ended up going, you know, to the venue and hanging out, you know, having some more beers and stuff, you know, next to the venue. So, um that was that was a good time, man. It was what what, what kind of conversations did you get in? Because you and I usually stick together, but we ended up on you know different ends of the table. Just ended up you know you know bullshitting with some new new friends, man. You know what's cool about it is like it's your typical. You go to a concert, okay? Who's gonna wear what shirt? You know, and me, of course, I didn't I didn't wear my con. I don't I can't I don't even think I have a concert T-shirt anymore. I got a bunch <laughs> of hoodies, but I don't really have any shirts. You know. Which is sad because I wish I still had all my old cool ones. But anyway, so it's like the guy that was next to me um, had a maiden shirt on. So we're talking yep. maiden. And um, just to give people an idea, so we had, I think there was three guys from Pennsylvania, um, two from the west side of Cleveland, a couple from the east side of Cleveland. Yep. Um, you know, one I think the farthest guy came from Pittsburgh. At least that was there that we talked to. And sure. uh, yeah, you know, we you know we started. It's just the you know I think the usual. Hey, when's the first time you saw the band? What do you think of the new album? You know, right away, I, you know, I heard you overheard you talking and the guy you were talking to was, you know, the uh, the infamous argument regarding the self-titled album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's the first time we ever really met someone. I don't think we want to give away a ton of this, but like the first time that I've ever met someone that their favorite album is the self-titled album, which is cool, man. You know, that's why we love the show, because everybody has different tastes. Yep. Well, Rob, his name is Robert, and he's he's tuned in. Robert Reams, what's up, man? Good to see you. Uh, I completely is. I completely disagree with your favorite <laughs> album, but uh, you know, pulling the curtain back, I t I told him like he had a couple opinions that were the complete opposite of ours, and I said, dude, I'm gonna get you on the phone, and we are gonna we are gonna discuss all of your dream theater takes, and then we're gonna have you on. We're gonna have like you know, uh, a, a kind of like not a battle, but you know, a debate. We're just gonna. His 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 opinions versus ours because they are complete polar opposites of each other. Um, <laughs> so I, think, I think it'll make for a great a great episode. Oh look, our buddy Adam Rishog's tuned in. What's up, Adam? Good to see you, man. He usually works Thursday nights, but he's tuned in. That's awesome. And, I, I uh, do want to say though, bonus points to Robert because I believe he told us his wedding song was "Our New World." That's correct. Is that that correct? is correct. Which is very awesome. I've never met anyone <laughs> yeah. whose whose wife. You know, or fiance at the time allowed him to, to use Dream Theater as a wedding song, so that's amazing, <laughs> right? Everett, Everett says instant camaraderie. Yes, with beyond a shadow of a doubt, man. It was it was a it was a really good time. Like, you know, I mean, I got up to take a piss, and the guys you, you had said, "Man, that guy doesn't shut up, does he?" <laughs> like, no, I don't shut up. <laughs> so, well, you, um, know, we, we, you know, we we kind of talked about like we didn't want to just go in there and go, "Oh, we got a podcast," you know? It's yeah. Like, I mean, like we want to promote it, but mainly because we want people like this to come on and just have fun like we are, you know, because that keeps us from having to just sit here and jabber away. You know, we want the input. So I think you did an awesome job of balancing it out. You know, like you were good at like kind of working the table and, you know, everyone got their chance to, to speak and stuff. I thought it was real cool. It was it was natural. You know, it's always a little awkward when you first get there, like, oh, you know, but then you just kind yeah. of flow into it. And, you know, <laughs> it's, it's like, like literally, literally everyone like right away is like, oh, uh, uh, all right, download your podcast. Got it. You know, yeah, and it's like. <laughs> I mean, that, that's not exactly why we were there, you know. I mean, it it, it kind of was, but again, it's not self serving. It's more, you know, just to make it fun for everyone. 
Well, exactly. And it's like, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's fun to promote the podcast, but as we've said many times, like we do it, you know, we're huge dream theater fans and we do it for other dream theater fans, kind of like Gibson Les Paul, who's about to get his ass banned from the chat yet again. He says, DT 12 is definitely top three for me. It's really gone up on my list in recent years. Well, I'm going to block him just like we have to block love face every week. So there he goes up. Oh, Brandon mm. Charles. He says, happy to be here with this dysfunctional collective. Good to see you, man. Yeah, we and, got a ton uh, of new people today. I know. It's awesome. <laughs> Robert Husted, man, it was awesome to see you at the show last night, man. Thanks for meeting up for a bit before, you know, before the band took the stage. It was awesome to see you. Um, so while we're waiting for chance, let's let's get into a little bit of what we did at the, you know, at the pre-show. So we'll start talking about our show review and everything, but they actually uh, the Dream Theater USA guys they do a trivia contest. They they do they set up a, a fan hangout before all the tour stops, and ours was last night. Like we said, and before before all of the shows, they do a trivia contest. And uh, I'm just gonna show this here, right here. Uh, yeah, that's right, trivia winner. <laughs> I was so nervous when I found out there'd be a trivia contest because I'm thinking, holy shit! Like here I have a podcast, and if I get smoked by these people, they'll be like. You don't know anything about the band. Why do you have a Dream Theater podcast? Oh, you mean like I did? <laughs> you had me to lean on, man. You were like, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm like, thank God I know these because we'd look like total tools right now. But Oh, excuse me if I don't know when Matt Portnoy left the band. I'm not Mr. <laughs> Dream Theater know-it-all, you know? <laughs> nice. So I want to see if, if people in the chat get these. So I have, I have my answer sheet, and there's a, a possible total of 20 points. Uh, oh, here! Look at this, Sandy. If I'm if I'm mispronouncing, this, Sandy Kuima Ferrati. Hopefully, I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, she says there are a couple of DTUSA gals too. That's awesome. Well, thanks for checking out the show. And sorry, we were not trying to be sexist. So apologize for that, Sandy. Thank you for checking out the show. Uh, here, Giovanni's back. Giovanni Palaya. Hello, guys. DTUSA fan meets are great. Trivia winner in Baltimore for Distance Over Time Tour. He got backstage passes. And that's it's funny you mentioned that, Giovanni, because like I say, th that's where we're going with this is at previous shows, you know, pre-COVID, uh, Everett told us that the trivia winner a lot of times they would get backstage passes from the band and you'd get to go hang out with the band after the show. And well, of course with COVID, you can't do that. So I was like, damn, like that would have been cool. But I still, you know, again, I won by a point and uh, I got an awesome vinyl version of a view from the top of the world. So definitely got to thank Everett and the dream theater USA fan club for that. And the record label. Um, so let's see. I want to see how many of you guys in the chat get these. Cause there, there's eight questions for a total of 20 points. So the first question was, uh, where did they record the new record? And I immediately was thinking way, way too deep because I'm used to doing like Star Wars trivia contests where it's like the most granular, nitty gritty questions you've ever heard. And I was like, hmm. So first one was DTHQ and I got it. So um, full disclosure, full disclosure, I got the first seven correct and I got the, the eighth question is five points and I got two of the five. So, oh, see, yep, Robert Husted got it. Brandon got it. Um, so question two, Nick got it. There we go. So question two was, what song did John Petrucci use the eight string on on the new record? And I think, you know, all of us, you know, know that one. Obviously, Awaken the Master. Uh, this, this one, this one almost threw me for a loop because it sounded like a trick question. And I know, I know that you, you got this one, Brian. 
Oh, wait, you didn't get any of them. Uh, so, <laughs> hey, hey, I got a couple. <laughs> so, question number three is who mixed and mastered the title track of You from the Top of the World? And that one kind of threw me for a loop because I I knew who ma I knew who mixed and mastered the record, but I'm thinking, wait a minute, why are they specifically calling out the title track? Did somebody guest mix or whatever? Um, so I got that one. Um, see if you guys know this one in the chat, but it is Andy Sneap. So we got that one. Uh, question number four kind of got me a little bit. It was, what is the subject material of Invisible Monster? And that one was anxiety. I Sandy, yep, Sandy got it. Andy Sneep, that's correct. Yep. And Sandy's driving, so make sure you're driving, make sure you're driving safe. <laughs> yep. Look at Gibson Les Paul. That's that's a good one. He said Andy Sneep or Jimmy T. Jimmy T was co-producer. Um so good call there though for remembering Jimmy T. Not a lot of people remember that one. Um so question number five was who wrote the lyrics to the alien? I got and, that one right. Yeah, you got that one right, um, which was obviously James Labrie. Um, question six. I wasn't sure about this one, but I was kind of sure. Uh, was the rock formation on the cover of the new record is an actual rock formation in what country? And it was. Uh, you didn't get that one, did you? No, I put in uh, Nepal. I don't know why. But Nepal? They, they, they have big mountains there, too. So, <laughs> Imagine that. A country has yeah. mountains. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was Norway. So that one was Norway. And then uh, the next question uh, is, it's a three-pointer. Since Mangini has joined the band, what three records have they played in their entirety? And... Obviously, that would be scenes from a memory, images and words, and the astonishing. Yeah, so, that was a pretty that was a pretty easy slam dunk one there. I think that was the easiest question there was. And and now this one, I I didn't write all of them down. So if I I'll give the two that I got. If you remember the other three, please chime in here. But question eight was worth five points. I got two of these. It was what five songs have the band what five songs have they never played live and i got two of them i got room 137 and out of reach uh was it s2n also s2n was in there okay yeah yeah yep. um man i don't Oop. remember the other two. Oh, it was uh off the self-titled surrender to reason what was yes i think so yeah yeah and then yeah what so one more we're missing Everett, if you're still on here, let us know. <laughs> Ever, Everett, Everett just said, "Everett just said, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta check out, man." <laughs> <laughs> so Sa Sandy got, yeah. Look at this. Look at Kale. I smoked you on this one. Whatever, Kale. Bring it on. <laughs> we'll do a trivia contest on here sometime. We'll, well, we'll if see. that's the case, then what is the other one? If you know yeah, it. come on, Kale. What's what's the fifth one, <laughs> smartass? <laughs> that's awesome, dude. I was I was on I was on here with Kale for like two hours last night. I, I hit him up. I was like, it'll be five minutes. I swear. And oh, he, he... <laughs> no, not from the new album, you dope. <laughs> Nick Brayman, duck fart. <laughs> that's gorilla fart, man. <laughs> Look at Kale answering the call. No, no not dude. from the new album. Spaz. No, not from the new album. So. <laughs> 
Um, so we, so by the way, we are currently tracking uh, Chance Labrie down. So he'll be on hopefully soon. Oh, there it is. Adam Rishaw got it. The best of times. Adam got it. Oh, yeah. That was Duh. the one. That was number five. Where were you on that one, Kale? So thank you, you know, Adam that, Rishaw. That, that makes sense because, I mean, that's such a personal Portnoy song that they would never remotely attempt that once he left the band. You know, yeah. and, the, and it's Black Clouds is what, 2009 ish? 2009, yeah. Yeah, and he yeah. left two years later. So, yep. if you did, if you didn't get it on that tour, it obviously never going to happen. Yeah, for sure. All right, so that was that was our good time. Won a trivia contest. You know, got a vinyl copy of the new record, which was amazing, and had a blast meeting some new friends. And then uh, we went to the show. And uh, if any of you are trying to avoid spoilers for the set list on the on the uh, on the current tour. Might want to turn it off now because we are about to spoil it for you. Um, I think everyone knows, obviously, the opening song. Uh, but you know, but before we before we get into that, what was your overall opinion of the show? Because I I was really wondering, like, how how it was going to go. Because you know they've had two years off, and I get like they're refreshed and stuff. But especially like with James, like you know, singers always talk about the fact that you know they keep their voices in shape by constantly touring, constantly singing. And he had two years off, and I thought he sounded awesome. I thought that you know, I I thought that the you know his power was the best I've seen it in a long time, um, and he just sounded great. I mean, what was your overall opinion? I thought it sounded great too. I mean, the whole band sounded great. You know, I mean, I guess it sounds dumb. It's like, oh, Dream Theater sounded great. Surprise, surprise. You know, <laughs> all right. <laughs> but I think there was a lot of energy on stage. <clears throat> there was a lot of energy in the crowd. I think people were just dying to be out there and 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 you know be rocking and be at shows again. You know, I've I've been to a couple shows. Um, you know, finally this past year, you know, we got to go to Sammy, I think, and and I got to see Gojira. But but you right. know, there's still nothing like seeing Dream Theater live. You know, it's just a whole other animal. Yeah, I like I said, I was a little nervous because we had heard, you know, prior prior to going that the show was like two, two and a half hours and it was only 10 songs. And we were like, OK, well, that's that's kind of interesting. I, I was wondering how that was going to flow, because it's like I wondered, like, would it get kind of tiresome having these like, you know, like minimal breaks like. But th the show ended up just under two hours and I thought that it flowed really well. And I just I, I thought it was like like I expected to have a fun time, but I, you know I, w I was wondering how it was going to sound. I, it was kick ass. It was one of the best shows I've seen them do, honestly. And I think that was my either my twentieth or twenty first time seeing them. I think they picked a great opener and and literally the greatest science fiction movie ever made. Thank you, Ridley Scott. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. you know what, dude? Before before we get to the opening song and the uh, the track listing, why don't we bring on uh, Mr. Chance Labrie? from Fawcett. What is going on, man? Yo, how are you guys doing? <laughs> Good to see you, man. Thanks Good for coming on. Too. Thanks for having me. And thanks for your patience, guys. Oh, no problem. No problem, man. Um, so right off the bat, we've got you on because you guys have put out a kick-ass new single called Lullabies. So why don't we start out, you know, tell us a little bit about Lullabies and where it came from and, you know, is it coming off a new record? So give us, yeah. give us some background yeah, on the song. So we actually, uh, it's, it's uh, the first single we released off of our uh, new album, Monarch. And uh, Monarch comes out uh, June 10th this year. So, uh, yeah, we just felt that this song was a good representation of what the whole album offers. And it's a really strong first single. Um, and so far, we've been getting a really good response for, to it. So we're stoked. 
It's awesome. Yeah, I was I was gonna add, that was actually gonna be my next question because when I pulled your guys' stuff up on Amazon, it came up under Monarch. So I was like, okay, when's the new record? You know, so yeah, um, it's, it's weird. Some uh, streaming services put it as its like own single, and then some put it under our album. That was interesting to us, but uh, yeah, we're uh, really excited for everyone to hear the next few singles coming out as well as the new album. It's really cool. How, how many singles are you guys going to drop before June? Uh, three more, so four in total. The next okay. one, uh, next one comes out on March third, actually. Oh, very cool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so one one of our buddies is tuning in from Australia. Says he says hello from Western Australia. Chance our good buddy Kale. So. What's we got up, Canada. <laughs> we got we got Australia. We got Canada. We're covering all, all points of the globe here. So, oh yeah. Um. So all right. So this is your guys' second record, and obviously you guys, you know, have you have the Here We Are EP. So, I I, I think as I was listening to your guys' stuff, it, it almost you can you can hear like almost a you know all and you guys are still a pretty young band in terms of the time you've been together and putting stuff out. Yeah. Like you can already hear like kind of like a progression in the songwriting. So I mean, is that organic? Or are you guys like going for something specific in the sound? Like the, you know, because there's a little bit like as it's moving on, there's a little bit less of the breakdown stuff and a little bit more kind of like riff based kind of parts in there. So yeah. I mean, is that conscious or how how did you guys come about? You know, how'd that come about? It's uh, definitely something that's conscious, but it's also naturally happening. As we get older, our taste in music changes and develops and matures, and sure. so do the songs we write. So when we were younger, we were a lot more into that heavy stuff. And as we get older, we're, you know, changing what we're into. We're into lighter stuff. We're into, you know, uh, just a, a way bigger, um, like, uh, way more genres than we were let's say in high school. So that definitely uh, shows in this new album, for sure. And what, what bands are you guys influenced by? Um, well, ever, ever since we ju just dropped this new single, we've been, a, we've been hearing a lot that uh, it sounds like Bring Me The Horizon, not in like a bad way or anything, like a, a, good, <laughs> a good resemblance. And I'd say we, we all uh, dig them, uh, but other bands we're into are uh, like North Lane, um, I grew up on Dream Theater. I love Dream Theater. Um, <laughs> some of it down. Uh, Tesseract, Jason Richardson. Um, yeah, there's a ton. There's a ton of music we're into. Yeah. So full full disclosure, Chance. The first time uh, we heard Falset was you doing the cover with your dad, the Motley Crue cover. Nice. Uh, we had an episode where we were doing Dream Theater side projects, and this band Falset comes up, and someone said, "Oh, that's uh, that's James' son on drums." So I had I did not know you guys had any original material, and then John told me about the interview. So I went back and I listened to uh, Follower Lead the Way. I absolutely love the album. I hear a lot of, and tell me if I'm wrong. I, I hear a lot of like the early Thirty Seconds to Mars. I don't know if you guys are inspired by them at all. I hear that. I hear. Um, Bullet for My Valentine, which are all bands I love. The Bring, yeah. Me, the, uh, Bring Me the Horizon, I think, is is very obvious. But but um, you you guys sound killer doing it. Like I love your 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 drumming style is heavy but progressive, and it's it's very unique. And this just is you know we're not I'm not just like trying to brown nose because your dad's in Dream Theater. <laughs> like, this is legit. Like dude, you and the bass player. I think it's I looked it up. His name is Riley. Is that correct? Riley, you yeah. guys drive. It's you guys are definitely driving the sound of, of this band and driving these songs. Is that kind of just a natural thing for you to approach it that way? And do you feel that yeah. you're sort of driving it that way? I know because it's easy to say a drummer drives a band, but it's not really always true. 
Yeah, well, I've always like, you know, I, I started off playing guitar and then I got into drumming. And when I got into drumming, I loved it way more. But for me, like, you know, I, I think like all the technical drummers and stuff, they're really cool and all that. But I always was into drummers that really just sat with the band and they were in the pocket and they were tight on top of the beat. And there's like little tasteful things you add in on top of that. But if that strong groove isn't there, then the song's not going to come out to the best of its ability. So I just keep that in the back of my mind when I'm writing drum parts. Who are some of the, the drummers that you're influenced besides? I mean, I guess obviously probably Portnoy and Mangini. Like who are yeah. some of your big time drum influences? Yeah. Portnoy, Mangini for sure. Um, I'm really into Ray Luzier from okay. Korn. Yep. Uh, Nick, Nick Peterson from Northlane. He's like amazing, like so good. Um, Luke Holland, he's really good. Plays with Jason Richardson. Uh, he's a, he has a YouTube account. Like you should check out his videos if you haven't. He's insane. Um, yeah, that's like my main drummers. I was inspired by that. I can think of on the spot for sure. Sweet. What? What's? I'm uh, just curious. What's the one Dream Theater song on drums where you hear it or you hear it or the first time you heard it, you're just like, oh my god, what? What is? What is going on here? What is that? <laughs> well, I do think, you have uh, multiple? Yeah, well, I don't know. For me, regardless of like the drum parts, the Count of Tuscany has like always <laughs> just been a song that's like, oh my god, like I love that song. You just made a best friend. That's Brian's like all time favorite Dream Theater song. <laughs> I love oh. it. It's so good, man. Oh, when we so, found out, I, I got a spoiler that that was the, the encore, but I was like, I didn't care. I mean, and we're literally, we're not even 24 hours off of coming off the high of seeing the show and they ended with that. And I'm still like shaking from it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so awesome. So, so piggy, piggybacking on Brian's question about, you know, you and, you know, you and Riley driving the songs. I know that, um you know, I've gone back and listened to some other interviews you've done. And, you know, your singer does like, you know, a lot of the songwriting, you know, he brings like the demos and the ideas to you. So when he brings those, do you then get to put your spin on it? Or does he pretty much have kind of like a map of, okay, here, here's what I want to hear. Or do you have kind of like creative freedom to go, well, here's, here's what I feel like doing underneath this. Yeah. Um, I definitely have like all the creative freedom I want to add what I, uh, whatever I want. Uh, but a lot of the time Zach will send me a demo and he'll always have drums to his demo. And yeah, a lot of the stuff I'll add, you know, my twist to it and change the parts up. But there is a lot of times where what Zach wrote just was perfect and was really cool, actually. I, I find that there's like a lot of guitarists out there that write really interesting drum parts that drummers wouldn't naturally think of. Sure. So, all right. With, with the success of, you know, we follow or lead the way, you guys obviously established the band firmly. Um, what pressures are you guys facing, you know, facing now that you didn't the first time around? Um, I'd, I'd say, uh, less pressures because, um, before we were independent and doing everything ourselves. And now we've grown to be a band that also has a team of people working with us. Um, so there's actually a lot less stress for us now, and we're able to focus more on what we should be focusing on, which is like the music and everything that Falset is. Sure. So I want, I want to piggyback on that, at what you said, everything the false set is. So I found something interesting. When I went to your website, it is not what you 
would consider a normal band website that looks like like you guys you basically have like your own almost like clothing design company is this correct yeah yeah so is that a conscious decision to do that with the website definitely we we wanted to brand out falset.co we want that to be its own entity that we can um you know as the band grows and as we become more successful it won't just be clothing it'll be more than that and uh yeah, we just uh, we're all very you know business-minded people, so we don't just go into anything we do without thinking about uh, the best way to you know capitalize on everything. So from the start, we were like, "What are we going to do differently for merch? Let's like build this cool different website, falset.co. It's its own thing, and uh, yeah, it's it's been really cool. People love the stuff on it." There's some awesome stuff on there. I got to admit, though, for John and I, because I'm old, I'm like 50 some. So the only thing I can probably get is the dad head or the hoodie. I, <laughs> I will look, I will look awful in those t-shirts, and I don't know if I can. Like, I love the band, but I'm not sure about you know an iPhone case holder that says falset on yeah. it. I, I mean, I, I would still do it probably. I'm just saying, but but uh, yeah, that's very very cool, man. That you guys are thinking like in such a 2022 kind of you know you know we are in this world of like hey it's a brand you know like you said it's not just a band and and what better way to market it than you got your name plaster all over a bunch of cool stuff that people want yeah well thank you yeah so a lot of people talk about i mean this is obviously a big you know point of contention with musicians and stuff you know the whole you know spotify and streaming and you know you don't make you know money off of record sales and stuff like that but you guys you know you guys are in your early 20s so you 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 know brought the band up and put the band together while this was a thing i mean do you and, and knowing you know what your dad had to go through you know it, before he was in dream theater you know to build a local band you know the, the you know air quotes the old school way do you think it's actually a beneficial thing to have to have all this digital technology at your fingertips like you know it, because you don't have to really like go out and hand people flyers or you know yeah. sell people stuff physically like, do you think it's there's actually a lot of benefits to it because a lot of people think that it's kind of killing the industry but for a band like your guys, you know, how do you see it? Well, I think you have to always adapt with change. And if you're against it, you're just going to get lost in the past. Uh, so you're just like a slave to whatever, you know, is in. And we're slave to the way it is now, which is it's all digital and it's streaming. And I, I think there's definitely a lot of pros to it, but there's definitely a lot of cons to it. Um, it's easier for bands to get heard and get out there now. But there's no doubt about it. Back in the day if you were a band that was making it you were making way more money so there's definitely pros and cons to both so i'd assume that that's basically the whole idea behind falset.co that you know it's a band but it's also almost like its own separate entity in a mm -hmm. way you yeah know? so it's like you know beyond the band like it's got our band name on it but we also have this clothing business <laughs> like yeah yeah so we, yeah, yeah I mean, for sure as we uh you know grow and get more money into the band we want to do more stuff than just like the band the typical band stuff we want to go into more business avenues than uh most bands do sure so what, what's like the best piece of advice that your dad gave you when you when he you know discovered that hey you have this talent and you're gonna put all you have into this like what's the one thing he told you that stuck with you the most uh the one thing he said was if you're gonna do something like you got to put 110 percent into it and that stuck with me because literally me and my whole band will drain our bank accounts into this band we'll work full-time jobs part-time jobs and we'll put everything into it because 
we know that we can always just go make more money and it fuels our band and allows our band to grow and allows us to get more awareness and get out there and play these shows and get the gear we need and do everything. So my, his advice to me, which I tell everyone is like, if you're going to do something like put 110% into it or it's not worth it at all. Yeah, so, that makes sense. I've always thought that like drive, you know, you obviously have talent, you know, but like drive will always like <laughs> that'll always out overtake talent, you know, in, in the long 100%. run. And, and if you've got both, then it's like it's a no brainer. Yeah, I agree. So so obviously you guys, you know, what it, is the first date tomorrow or, or is it Saturday? Like you guys, you guys are doing those four Canadian dates, you know, with Dream yeah. Theater. Yeah. So how, how like how much you know touring have you guys done so far like it like what's what's the most extensive amount of you know either you know regional touring or you know what like how much have you guys done because these are these are high profile shows that you're doing right here yeah, for, you these, know, the next... these are definitely the biggest shows we've done and as far as touring we've done little runs here and there uh just in ontario so uh this is definitely bigger than we've ever done we got to play warp tour uh we got to play uh opening for all that remains at one show um so those were like bigger shows for us but this is definitely the biggest and uh yeah we're stoked the first date's saturday for us so we actually head out tomorrow to head to quebec city and now are you feeling any like added pressure just be, you know because you know you're you know you're James's kid and people know that you know so going up there it's not oh check out Fawcett. like a lot of dream theater fans you know they're pretty savvy they they keep up with stuff so they're like okay well this is James's kid so of course he gets these this you know this spot to open for dream theater like are you is there any added pressure from that or is it almost like a lack of pressure um definitely not a lack of pressure but i'm not like worried about the fans and that kind of pressure it's more like i've um you know grown up around dream theater and the crew and all the all the guys and it's more about like pressure from them it's like the first time your your, your uncle comes to a show <laughs> or something like that i'm more worried about dream theater watching me side stage than you know any of the crowd that's what i'm more worried about i want to impress <laughs> I want to impress my dad's coworkers, you know. <laughs> That's you look over Mike Mangini's like, nope, he blew that yeah. one, dude. Nope, yeah. that, that messed that fill. <laughs> Mike, like, like we, we need to have a talk after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me show you something, kid. <laughs> so, what, um, so what what song do you think that they would let you sit in on, or, or if they if they would let you sit in, which hopefully they would. What do you mean, or, like on drums? Yeah, yeah. Never. Uh, never. No. no? <laughs> if you if you could sit in on a song and it wasn't Count of Tuscany, what what, what would you sit in on? Hmm. I don't know. I would definitely go for one of their uh, more simple songs. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> Panic Attack would be cool. <laughs> That'd be awesome. awesome. Yeah. So so how, I mean, obviously, you know, James is your dad, so that's an obvious answer. But how did the opportunity to do these four shows come up outside of just okay? James is like, hey, I'm gonna play with my kid. Like, was well, there more? To, was there more to it, or was it really that simple? Well, um, they because of COVID, um, it's just it's easier for them to have a different uh, opening act in Canada than the states. Um, and when they found out that they were doing it that way, uh, Dream Theater's management actually said, hey, like Falsett's doing pretty good. Like, what about them? And my dad's like, hell yeah, that's, that's a great <laughs> idea. And then they brought it up to us and we're like, please, like, yes, please sign us up. Where do we sign? That's awesome. 
So yeah. now, do you guys get a tour bus, or are you driving yourselves? <laughs> We're taking out two trucks with us. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So, I mean, has there been talk of you guys potentially down the road doing like you know like a U.S. leg with them at any oh, point or? Uh, not not with them, but uh, we just signed to Dynamic Talent International, uh, our agency. So we're definitely trying to get into the States as soon as possible. Hopefully this summer, um, we, we want to just go to the States and never leave. Just keep touring. the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw I saw another interview that you did and you had mentioned that there's not a lot of metalheads in Canada. So, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm I, a, yeah I don't know if I agree with what I said before. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that There's a lot of metalheads, but not when you're like comparing it to the states. So I are there opportunities? When, Go ahead. Sorry, when you Brian. told me that, John. Sorry. When you told me that, I think I I rephrase. I think there's probably not a lot of young metalheads. Maybe there's a lot of old metalheads. Is probably mm-hmm. probably more like it. Yeah. But and uh, there, I think there is a strong like young metal fan base too. But again, it's just like you have Toronto as a stop. You have a couple places in Quebec as a stop, and then you maybe have the West Coast as a stop. And then you're out of Canada, whereas the states, like you're you're there for four weeks straight, you know. Yep. So our buddy, our buddy from Australia has a question for you. So he says, since you are touring with Dream Theater, do you think there's an oppor- there, there will be an opportunity to see you guys play "Kickstart My Heart" with James as a special song somewhere? <laughs> hmm. I don't know. Maybe you'll have to wait and find out. <laughs> I love it. Well, I don't know if he can make it to Canada from Australia, but if there's anybody that would do it, it'd be Kale. He'd figure <laughs> yeah, out a way to get there. He yeah. definitely would. Now, man. now that he knows we're doing Kickstart, we're, he's got to come. <laughs> yeah, but, Kale, but buy that plane ticket for real. Though we're we're not we're not doing that. That'd be cool though. We actually we talked about that. It got brought up a few times, but it's not uh, it's not going to happen. So I mean, obviously, you know, going back to you know acceptance from the dream theater fan base it's a discerning fan base and you know people know that you know you're james's son it's your band i mean so obviously a lot of fans will give you for lack of a better term like a passing grade because they know you're james's son they know your talent you know but at the same time i mean you're going to be judged by some really hardcore fans potentially like you know under a under a much more scrutinous microscope i mean how 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 are you going to handle that criticism you know, that, you know, ultimately really has nothing to do with how you perform on stage. It's fine. Like I've seen my dad <laughs> deal with those guys his whole life. Um, and I just ignore it really. And besides like, we're going to kick ass. So I don't think there'll be many people um, saying that shit. <laughs> yeah. I love it, man. That's awesome. How, how mad does it get you when the when the people because it infuriates us the some of the stuff that people say about your dad and you know if if he, if he has an off night once in a while or he's not feeling well or whatever does that does that just just burn you or you know like hey my dad gives all he can I don't even care about what these idiots think yeah no I I don't know like I think it used to bother me like I when I was younger and getting on Facebook and then seeing uh any hate like i'd be like what the hell but i i ignore it now 100 yeah i think you almost have to right otherwise it just drive you crazy yeah and and for every one person that's like shitting on the band there's like 10 other people that are like praising them so yep that's for sure so riley now you you guys all live within pretty close proximity to each other except for riley isn't riley like six hours away from you guys or something like that yeah like five six hours away yeah 
so how did now so when you guys are writing like new material do you do the whole internet thing like sending files back and forth did you guys actually have an opportunity to get together physically and write in a room no we don't we don't do the typical uh write in a room thing like uh the old school days uh it actually like we all have studios within our own home so it starts with zach writing in his studio and then he sends it to me I play around with the drums, send it back to the guys. What do they think? And then Riley comes in after the drums are done, you know, adds his flair to the bass parts. And yeah, like it's all, it's all done remotely. And then uh, what we do is we have Riley come up every once in a while and we get some jams in and do whatever we got to do together. So but how did you, we're talking on a daily basis. So sure. Yeah. So how did, how did you meet Riley? Has he always been that far away? or Because I know you guys formed in high school. So did you all go to high school and he moved away or was it? No. Uh, so Zach and I are the only ones left from like what Fawcett was in high school. Okay. Uh, our ex-vocalist, Mike, who sang on our first EP, he actually found Riley when we were looking for a bassist back in 2018, I believe. Um and yeah i think he found him on like kijiji or something like that <laughs> like a craigslist kind of kind of website and uh yeah we just uh really got got along with riley and the six hour drive didn't really seem like a problem to us but now if we had known then what we're dealing with no i'm just, I'm just uh, okay. yeah i know riley's riley's great yeah so you said that you started out on guitar so you know, obviously you said, you know, Zach, you know, does a lot of the writing, sends you guys stuff. Do you ever like present riffs or is it, or, or are you solely just putting like the drum parts to it? Do you ever like originate any of this stuff? Solely just the drum parts for, for the most part. There has been a riff before that was used, but yeah, just drums for, for the most part. Yeah. You know, speaking of guitar, I noticed on, on the uh, follower lead the way it, it take you have to get all the way to the last song basically smoke and mirrors until you actually almost get what i kind of consider a guitar solo was that like a conscious thing on the album like you just didn't want a lot of solos or there's that very kind of it's a very lyrical that's what john and i talk about that lyrical majestic way that petrucci plays and there's those melodies coming um right. and, and in a guitar solo there that i don't hear on the entire rest of the album it's very cool because i was like wow i didn't hear this on the rest of the album i love all the playing but this kind of came out of nowhere on this song which was awesome yeah well i think uh like from high school to now it's like gradually become less and less and less guitar solos but there's we still throw a guitar solo in where it makes sense every few songs we write but yeah i think there's yeah on that album there's just like a couple guitar solos I think when I was talking to John too, what what I love, I love bands that can mix the heavy and the clean, you know, and it's like, if it's all heavy, then it's just, you know, to me, you lose the heaviness of it. It's the balance of it. But you guys, it's crazy because I'm listening to your songs and I'm like, okay, you got the song that starts heavy and then it goes clean. You got the ones that are clean the whole way through. Then all of a sudden at the end, you got the heavy vocals. It's like, you never know where it's coming from. It's like just a perfect blend. Like it, it, it doesn't seem like there's any... I don't use the word consistency, but I like how there's not that consistency. So I'm excited to see on this new album, you know, how you've even grown more from that. Cause it's like, yeah. it seems like you're good at like, at, at like changing it up enough to where it doesn't seem formulaic. And you, you've got all these layers, you know, like the vocals are layered so many times and there's cool keyboards coming in. The guitars have effects on them and your drumming's all over the place. And it's like, 
it's creating these big sonic landscapes and that's why i always mention like bands like 30 seconds to mars the early stuff that's just what really hits me and i don't know like i said if that's what you're going for but that's that, that's the way it comes off and i think it's awesome well thank you yeah uh, we've heard uh you said bullet and 30 seconds to mars right we've heard those before yep. but we're actually not like like I like Thirty Seconds to Mars, but I, I've I've never like deep dived into their stuff before. Or, yeah. So, what what's what's up next for you guys after these Dream Theater dates? What you know, you got the record coming out in June, so you know beyond the Dream Theater dates, and you're gearing up for the record coming out. What what's next? What's next on your guys' plate? Yeah, well, uh, as I mentioned before, we got some new singles coming out. The next one is March third, and then we got two more after that coming out. The new album's coming out in uh, June. Uh, we're shooting some music videos in March when we get back from tour. Um, yeah. And then, like, we're going to try and book more tours, like, uh, in the States, whenever we can get over there. Well, you'll at least, you'll at least have me and Brian coming out for sure. So awesome. Oh, yeah, awesome, awesome to catch you guys live. Uh, so thank you very much for coming on. Before we let you go, I caught a part of another interview you did, and I have to ask a non-music question. Because I also have a Star Wars podcast, and oh I heard boy. you say that you you are a huge Star Wars guy, or at least pretty you know pretty big fan. Yeah. So, what is your favorite Star Wars movie? <laughs> um, The Empire Strikes Back. I'd have to say probably. <laughs> that was kind of if that was kind of iffy. You're like wavering between yeah, one. Yeah, because like, like I don't know. Like I'm not. I'm not like Star Wars fans are like dream theater fans in that they are like hardcore when i say i'm a star wars fan like i'm not like a crazy star wars fan you know so but i i, I love i love the movies awesome well yeah, again I need, I need to brush up on all the star wars stuff <laughs> well if, if 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 we get to catch you here man i'll i'll find a way to get backstage and We'll go over some Star Wars stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah awesome. <laughs> so, well, Chance, thank you so much for making time to come on the show, man. I, I really, really appreciate it. And, um, man, best of luck with the new record and uh, safe travels on these tour dates coming up, man. Thanks yeah. a lot. Well, thanks so much for having me, guys. It's been fun. Anytime, yeah, thanks, man. The record buddy. kicks ass. Thank you. Good luck, man. Take care. Appreciate it, Cheers. man. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Well, there he goes. Chance Labrie from Fawcett. That was awesome. That was awesome. So how are, how are how are you feeling? You you asked a couple questions there. It took about five minutes to get into it. <laughs> Sorry, <man. laughs> well, it's funny. always kind of weird, you know. Like it, it's like ah, you know. Yeah, it was awesome, man. It was very cool talking talking to him. And he seemed so down to earth. And that thing about his dad was like, you know, that the advice is like, hey, man, just give you know, if this is what you're gonna do, then you know, bust your ass as much as humanly possible doing it. And and that's what he's doing, obviously. And he has. You know, there's no doubt he's got the talent and they've got the now that they have the drive, you know, be you, you hope the best for him, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I love his answer about the website, you know, because I mean, it's it's such it's such a brilliant way to go about things to have, you know, OK, here's our band's website so you can find our music, but check out our clothing line. It's like a whole separate business, but kind of tied together. I mean, it, you know, it's it's just such a smart way to go. You know, and I, who who said it in the chat? You know, Brandon Charles. He said, "Super smart with the state of the industry nowadays." And and you know, he, he it really is. I mean, it's a great way to go about things, man. Yeah, it's like the the it's almost like the LeBronization of of you know everything basically. You know, it's it's a brand. You know, I mean, Michael Jordan I guess yeah. started originally, but LeBron kind of took it to a whole new level. And it's like, hey, if you're a musician now, 
you might as well, you know, jump on and, and whatever you can do to get your name out there, you know? Yep. Well, so thanks again to Chance Labrie for coming on. That was awesome. Uh, if you guys are up in Canada, they're doing the, they're doing the four Canadian dates coming up here this weekend and early next week. So uh, go check them out. Let us know. Let us know what you guys thought about the show. Obviously, uh, the, the new record, Monarch, is coming out in June. So check that out. Also, their new uh, single, Lullabies. They're a fucking kick-ass band. Pardon the F-bomb, but I, I'm with you, dude. I really, really like the album. It's really good. So, uh, all right. Well, why don't we dig into last night's show we you know before chance came on we talked about you know the the, the pre-show hangout that we did in the trivia contest and uh let's get into the set man i mean obviously everybody knows that you know they opened with alien and i tried to remain spoiler free but i got a spoiler in the bathroom before the show of all places and i somebody said somebody <laughs> is said is that what oh. you crazy kids are calling it these days <laughs> <laughs> sorry i got a spoiler in the bathroom <laughs> well i did it was like We're some guy to was, a whole new low now <laughs> some guy's washing his hands and he's like man they're only playing one song prior to 2000 i was like you son of a bitch <laughs> like I, I made it all the way to the show without getting any friggin' spoilers that it's like a half hour before showtime and i i get that dropped on me i was like damn it uh, Joe Gebhardt, good to see you, man. He says, will this jumpstart future interviews more geared to possibly get band members on? Well, um... No, we don't. Our, we don't want band members on our Dream Theater podcast. Yeah, Come on, dude. Yeah, Seriously? Yeah. No, the band is not welcome on our Dream Theater podcast. <laughs> Dream Theater's not welcome here. Um, we, we're hoping, man. Uh, that, would, that would be awesome if we could get the guys on. So uh, we, we do not know, um, but hopefully, hopefully... Hopefully we get lucky and we can get one of the guys on or a couple of the guys. We'll see. So, um, all right. So we got the alien and so, then. So leading into your spoiler, you said yes. there was only one song pre 2000, right? Yep. And it was the second it, song in the set. They, when they, Oh, you're going to pull a one liner, aren't you? It, it was either halfway to noon or halfway to midnight, depending on your perspective. Good Lord. We're going to do this, aren't we? <laughs> we are. <laughs> so, yeah. So track number two was six o'clock. And I'm so glad that I did not catch any set list spoilers because the alien is, is such a great song and, you know, get to the end of the alien. I'm, I'm like, okay, now what's coming? And you get, I'm like, Oh yes. So six o'clock comes in and it was, Oh my God, it was so awesome to hear that one. Um, I, I was a little bummed knowing that there was the, that was the only song prior to 2000 because I was holding out hope for something from falling into infinity. <laughs> and I told you, know, you that was a pipe dream. I knew there was no way, not on this tour. Well, I, trial I, I of I tears, man. What, what? Why not trial of tears? I just, I don't know. I just didn't see it happening. <laughs> well, <laughs> I didn't see it happening either. I didn't see it happen last night. It's not happening on this whole tour. So there we go. No, but, I, uh, I, I, I loved hearing six o'clock live. You know, like I said before, there's, there's certain songs that translate way better live. And, you know, I've always said before, I don't totally, I don't really love the mix on awake. Everyone else is like, Oh, it's the mix is amazing. And I'm insane, which yeah, not the first All time right. someone's called me insane, but, but you All know, right. six o'clock live is awesome, dude. Sounded great. Yes. All right, so I, I guess I, I guess we're allowed to say this because Aiken posted it in the chat. Uh, the real answer, Joe Gebhardt, is yes. It's being worked on for once the tour is over. So we are trying to get some of the guys on. Uh, it'll be one of the upcoming episodes because the, the there's like a tour. I think it's like a three week break or something like that between the end of the U.S. tour leg and then the start of the European leg. So. 
we're trying to get one of the guys on to talk to us and do like kind of like a tour wrap up. So I didn't want to say for sure because I don't know what we're allowed to talk about, what we're not. But uh, yeah, Chris Aiken runs CMS uh, CMS Network and Heavy Metal Television. He's the one helping us out. And uh, so there you go. So we are we, we may have uh, some of the Dream Theater guys on. So we will definitely post that as soon as we as soon as we are able to. But um, does that mean we passed the G- the chance the breed test? Because we were like <laughs> we were nervous, man. Like we thought this is like basically an audition to see if we can. Because like it's like I kind of go back to what we was talking about the fan meetup thing. Like you and I are we don't want to be those people that like bother the band to get them on you know we want to we want to just like have fun doing this prevent a quality product for people to interact and then have them find out about it and want to be on you know we don't want to be like yeah. bugging hey can you you know that, that's why we're not like bugging chance hey make sure your dad gets on the podcast you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah. like we seriously don't want to be those kind of guys because those kind of guys are insanely annoying it's like so it's like if this all progresses like in a natural organic way then it's going to be even more you know more fun and more we're going to get a lot more out of it that way too don't you think Totally. Yeah. I mean, and you're right. It's, you know, kind of like we talked about at the start of the show when we met up with, you know, the fan club yesterday, we didn't want to come barreling into the table and going, we got a podcast like that's, that's just such a dick move. It's, you know, we brought it up and, you know, we, we definitely want, you know, people to check it out and that's awesome, but you don't want to just go in there like, you know, like a freaking you know, commercial. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> look, Gibson, Les Paul, I bet it ain't my young. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it'd be awesome if it was. We get like one of the super rare John Myung interviews. That would be that would be awesome. So, how was the um, last tour? <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I gotta say something. I was gonna save it till the end, but like, I, just watching. Okay, when the show is completely over and they all gotta come out, and like he just walks out there and he just has this look on his face, like I really gotta do this. Like, I mean, it's it's not totally like that, but you just wonder, like, how much does he just hate? the idea of like just getting the recognition you know like he just seems like a guy he just does, he just wants to play his bass and be left alone which is awesome i love that but it's like he trots out there and it's like he could it's all he can do to barely get the corners of his lips to go up for a smile you know? <laughs> right. it's like literally like one of the greatest musicians and bass players of all time and it's like he doesn't want anyone to tell him he's great he, he, doesn't, he doesn't care you know he's, he doesn't want to hear it anymore yeah, he's he's not into the rock star trip, man. It's it's you know what like like what Eddie Van Halen used to say. He's like, I'm not a rock star, I'm a musician, and that's definitely the outlook that you know John Mayung has. And it's, I mean, it's admirable. I mean, you know, with a band like those guys, you know, as as Chance you know pointed out, you know, Dream Theater fans are super hardcore, and you know, can, you know, can be over the top. I mean, I'm admittedly one of those. I'm a fanboy, and you know he doesn't get into that trip at all he he just is like look dude i just want to play so well this, this is a good segue speaking of my young I, we had never i had never seen this before for song three yes uh hey someone go tell dad that nap time is over there was for a the love of god there was a capo on the bass guitar the third song is Awaken the Master. Bri- Brian apparently is going to announce all 10 songs of the set list in literal terms. Well, I'm trying to avoid spoilers, but then you're telling the song title again anyway, so it's like... Well, but yeah, Plus, so, so... Go ahead. Yeah, tr- sorry, but yeah, track three wa- it was Awaken the Master, and to your to your point, um, if you go on our Facebook page, uh, my buddy Jimmy that we went to the show with got an awesome picture of it. My young was playing the bass with a capo. And I was like, I have never seen that ever. I couldn't believe it. 
I was yeah, like, it must what be something the hell? to do with must be something to do with that eight string and how low that is or whatever, and you don't want to be that low on the bass with it, or maybe it was that was the way to get it in open strings or something. I I don't know, but uh, yeah, it was weird. It, it, I never saw that before. He also I noticed had a there was an iPad in front of him, and I don't know what was on that if it was like because he's a guy that like you never see like remotely even looking at anything for like short you know chords or charts and not that i would ever fault anyone i mean jordan has his music on the ipad up there too so i don't know if maybe because this was like hey we're doing all of these songs most of them are 10 12 15 minutes you know we're doing all of our epics and some of these they haven't played in a while maybe there's some notes on there i don't you know i'm not going to speculate that that's what it was maybe it was some lyric sheets of case james is running over there or something you know we don't know for sure but i did notice it over there and i thought it was a little interesting yeah i when i when i caught that i was like holy crap i mean you and i you and i looked at each other like is that a capo on the bass <laughs> like <Yep. laughs> wow so well K kale is giving us a little bit of a musical explanation he says weird but i suppose eight string tuning is f sharp so he wouldn't need much below the second fret of the e string okay I'm terrible with with notes and stuff like that. I, I'm self-taught and poorly so, and I, I'm I'm bad with notes. So I, 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 I wouldn't be able to speak to that. So I'll look at Kale all, all schooling us on chords and stuff. <laughs> chords. <laughs> so an another another setless surprise came up with the fourth song, uh, "Endless Sacrifice." You know, you don't even give me a chance on that one, are you? <laughs> All right, go, give your one-liner. Go. No, I don't. I don't have. That's actually the one I don't have a good one for. So just skip it. <laughs> I mean, I know the others have been amazing, but that one's really yeah. bad. So yeah, skip it. But, yeah. So I that was the one that I had told you. I was like, well, there's one you don't know about, and then I think you and I were both thinking that it was something. I think you were thinking it was something different. I'm like, no, there's no way in hell that you know this is coming because. You would have probably already crapped your pants because I know you, yeah. you you have a special place in your heart for a lot of that heavy stuff on train of thought and yep. uh, which most of it is. And I was like, I can't wait to see John's face. And then they started it, and you're like, Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I was I was thrilled. I was like, it, it never even crossed my mind. I, I was I was trying to I was trying to think yesterday morning of of all of the longer songs that they could play, and I completely skipped over a couple obvious ones, and this was one of them. And I was so when they went into that that you know clean guitar part, I was like, "Whoa, oh my god, yes!" Like, and it was it was awesome, and I you know it sounded great, and it, it was so cool because you you don't really ever get to hear anything off a of train of thought except for the no. few times that they'll do you know as I am, and so so to hear that record touched on again was really cool. So that was that was definitely a welcome surprise. Um, well, what did you speaking of welcome surprises? Yes. Oh, sorry. Did you want me to comment on it in a sec? No, <laughs> no I, I'll, I'll, I was going to say the ne the next song's all for you, man. <laughs> oh, okay. So the, then we go into. Um, I can't even read this. It's so stupid. <laughs> you wrote these things down. All right. <laughs> you wrote down to. your jokes. All right. So we go to <laughs> oh song God. five, which is struct structurally sound, safe passages over water, contained within some dude, which is bridges in the sky. But I guess actually it's bridges oh in God. the sky. What the anyway, hell is wrong with you, man? So this was like, anyway, the second this, that <laughs> I wish, no, but okay, joking aside, I wish people had seen the look on your face. The second that shaman 
chant started like all i saw was like like when scooby-doo like does the dinner and then you see like that dust or whatever like you booked <laughs> it so fast to the beer stand the second you heard that shaman intro like i mean you were out of there you're like hey what do you want i'm out of here <laughs> I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna go get a beer like you well, were not gonna sit there and listen to something off a dramatic turn of events it just was not gonna happen well i didn't know it was coming up but i knew i wanted a beverage and then i heard that i was like okay well if, if i'm gonna miss part of something i guess it should be you know something off of a dramatic turn like i like the record but it's like i didn't know what else was coming i was like okay this one if i have to miss part of it i'm not gonna hate myself and and it was it was loud enough you know in the lobby that i could hear perfectly so <laughs> yeah no that was that was my one uh, that was my one big surprise because i'd already heard the, some of the other spoilers unfortunately but you know but that was the one that i i did you know i just figured they would completely ignore that album um you know but i was i was awesome to hear that because that's probably my uh, probably my second favorite song on that album so sure i was hyped going, for that one going back to endless sacrifice uh our buddy robert ream says endless sacrifice was so good glad to hear that one and sandy kuima ferrati says that song kicked butt so <laughs> Gibson Les Paul. Wait, John left during Bridges unsubscribed. <laughs> <laughs> Scruffy, another newbie in the chat. Welcome to the show, man. He says Bridges, he or she, excuse me, uh, says Bridges in the Sky was super heavy and amazing. I, I have to admit, like as much as I, you know, I did have to miss part of the song because I was, you know, grabbing some beverages for us. Um, it sounded great, man. I mean, that song translates live so well. You know, I've seen it a few times, and it sounds great. I mean, it really was. I, I thought it was a great choice. You know, I mean, the whole set list just, it, you know, man, it flowed together so well. You know, like well, we we're talking about. Well, we'll we'll see about that in a couple songs. <laughs> so <laughs> we had one minor hiccup <laughs> that I'm not. There's no way I'm going to let the slide, and you already know that. So we'll, oh, let's... well, me and you both, me and you both. Um, so yeah. So after bridges in the sky, go ahead and read your read your next joke <laughs> before uh, we get to. The I don't even think song. I want to read this one. All right, beast that is undetectable in the visual sense. Invisible monster. Yeah, I can't believe you're doing this. We get all these new people to watch the show, and you pull out handwritten jokes, man. <laughs> that is. I think fantastic. you're you're using the term joke very liberally here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think we I think we knew this one was coming. Um, I I think we knew they were going to play roughly four songs. I would have preferred uh, transcending time over this. Um, personally, if we could have had another song from the new album, but. Uh, this is kind of a weird um I think James has described this as sort of a quintessential dream theater song, but I don't think it is. I think it's a little I don't know, a little poppier maybe. Is that would you go along with that? Or I, I to me it doesn't feel that dream theaterish. It, it's a I think it's kind of more unique than we maybe think it is, and I'm cool with it. Yeah, I, I like the song. I, I I don't think poppy would be the word I would use. I think I I, I would kind of say like straightforward. Okay. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't really have the huge proggy moments in it. Um, I, I I think that you know this song would have fit well on our gateway gateway songs episode. I I think this would be one to show people that, you know, they they have a, a, an amazing grasp of melody and there's some clean guitars, there's heavy guitars, like so. I wouldn't say poppy, but I would say a little more straightforward. So. Uh, you know, Robert Husted, great point. I was actually just about to say that. Robert Husted says, I wanted them to play Sleeping Giant instead of Invisible Monster, but it still sounded amazing. Yes, 
I yes, I that's the one I was hoping to hear too. I, I'm a huge fan of Sleeping Giant. I really like that song. It's funny because we talked about that uh, not that long ago, and I said it was my least favorite song on the album. So of course you love it, you know. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> Sandy uh, Sandy Kuima Ferrati says their music video for Invisible Monster with the band is super cool. Yes. I would completely agree with that. Our buddy Wayne Joyner did a fantastic job on all the videos, honestly. And dude, I, I will say that we, we got a we, we heard a lot of people talking about the visuals of this of the stage show last night, and Wayne was getting all kinds of props, man, because it looked fantastic. So, um, all right. So after Invisible Monster, now now let's get into the part that uh, that, that was such it was an enormous tease, I think. Um, do you yeah, have we, a joke we, for this one, too? We had heard rumors about a very cold temperature with a looming loss of vehicular control on the horizon. Oh, my God. See, look, look Aiken calls you out. Aiken says, knock, knock, who's there? Orange? Orange who? Orange Glad Brian incorporated Dream Theater into his 60s joke book? <laughs> hey, these aren't 60s jokes. These are like 70s. By the way, I think I'm butchering uh, Sandy's last names because she says you could just call me Sandy. <laughs> she's like, she's like, stop destroying my name, you tool. But uh, all right. So what Brian was trying to say was, uh, song seven was about to crash from six degrees, and anytime we get anything off of six degrees, it is a wonderful moment. Um, it was awesome, and because we had heard that they were playing nothing but long songs. I immediately thought, holy crap, are they going to play six degrees? And yeah, we, uh, we, we, we were trying to do we were trying to do the concert math there during on the time. Like, we, kept, <laughs> we were like, we were like, <laughs> well, been, see, they've got this many hour, more songs. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we I don't know. It was like we flip flopped, I think, halfway through the song, like, do they have time to play the whole thing and then still play I don't know what it was essentially three more songs after that or whatever yeah. we have left. Yep. And I don't know. We thought first we thought yes, and we thought no, and then we thought yes, and then. Uh... Well, Kale says <laughs> it's not a tease. If it was a tease, you'd have had the overture as well. No, Kale, it was a tease because we were hoping they were going to go into the rest of six degrees, and instead, we got what Brian called the minor hiccup. We got the Ministry of Lost Souls. Yeah, that fine, uh... fine, fine song. But Brian and I are not the biggest fans of it. So <laughs> when oh, you're man. hoping for six degrees and you get Ministry of Lost Souls, we were like, ah, shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's so, like here, here comes the Department of Missing Shoe Bottoms. Yay! You know that that oh. was that that was rough. No, no, dude. Like we, so <laughs> oh we both were, God. we both were, we both were aware of the spoiler, right? We knew this song was coming, yes. and we're like, so we're like, wait a minute. So they're only playing ten songs, and one of them is the Ministry of Lost Souls. Yeah. So there's 15 minutes of our ten songs like down the drain right there. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, once we get towards the middle of the end of this, it's not, you know, I don't, I don't, it doesn't annoy me as much. But I just think it's such a dragger when it starts, and and I don't. This song has just never done anything for me. It's it's probably literally the one song in the catalog where I just I don't have any interest in hearing it. But it sure. it seems like. Does it seem like a an odd choice to you to pull out for something like this, or is it like a no brainer when you're going for epics? No, I, I I actually thought it was a really smart choice because I mean, like you said, like you know, the length of it first of all fits well, but it's also something that, you know they don't touch on a lot. Yeah, you know, they they I mean they don't they you know outside of Dark Eternal Night they don't really revisit the Systematic Chaos record very much. So, um, 
you know, and especially especially you know the back half of the record, and so I thought I thought it was I thought it was a cool choice, and you know, admittedly, while I'm not the biggest fan of the song, you know, the same as you, I thought it translated live really well. I actually enjoyed it, um, and you know, like you said, like about two thirds of the way through when it, when it speeds up and everything, like I thought I thought it was cool. I I thought you know I liked it. Um, Gibson Les Paul, he says, I'll say it again. The systematic chaos deep dive is my most anticipated episode. Hmm, maybe two weeks from now? Uh, well, we we may have other other fish to fry in two weeks. We'll see. But um, yeah, uh, we, we can do that one. Should, should we put that next on our list of episodes? We, we can do systematic chaos. What do you think? Yeah, that works for me. All right. I mean, even though Gibson Les Paul is going to get his ass banned from the chat for about the seventeenth time, we can definitely take a request. But uh, <laughs> Robert Houston, you don't want to hear Repentance live, lol. <laughs> you know me too well, man. You know me too well. Um, all right. So after Ministry of Lost Souls, and of course we get to song number nine, uh, the title track from the new record, which is Go Ahead, Rita. No, I'm not doing these anymore. They're, they're, they're not. They're not going over quite as well as I thought. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and, and they only got worse from the you know if you thought they started out great then and they're gradually getting worse yeah they get a lot worse so <laughs> yeah no we, we we knew we were getting the title track from the album view from the top of the world and uh, i was i was glad like because that song has really kind of grown on me i think the first time i heard it i was like yeah i think it translates pretty well live what, what were your thoughts on it yeah i thought i thought it was great um i actually hadn't listened to the new record recently um so Yesterday morning while I was working, I actually put it in and I was like, man, this is like, like everyone describes it as, as a grower. And I think it definitely is because I, I got, you know, more out of it yesterday than I have previously. I'm like, oh, you know, I forgot about this part. I like this part. I like this part. And I, I think, you know, the perfect example of that is the title track, because when I got to that song, I was like, man, I really like most of this. And it was really cool. So hearing it live was fantastic i mean it it sounded great it, it it was a perfect you know show closer you know it's it i mean it's it, it's it's not on the same level as like octavarium was but you know it's close i mean they did a great job and it, it sounds fantastic live i really enjoyed it i i really enjoyed it yeah i like a lot of uh petrucci's like those little clean you know, when I was looking over at you, those are the parts I love, you know, those little clean little riffs, you know, that he just, you know, you, you got your heavier part, you got your orchestration to start, then your heavier stuff, and then it's kind of just those little clean little just fills and riffs he just puts in there that just, that guitar just sings behind the keyboards that are going, you know, and you got that backdrop behind it, like, with the yep. waterfall and everything in the album cover, like, you know, those, those killer images, you know, and it was like, I don't know, there was people like on tight ropes and stuff and all that, and mountain yep. climbers and and uh, yeah, it was that was that was badass, man. Yep. Uh, Kale says they've played systematic on all but two tours with Mangini, and I think that makes it all but two since its release. Because I'm pretty sure Prophets of War was on Black Clouds and Silver Linings. No, Prophets of War was um that that's systematic, isn't it? Yeah, it's systematic. Yeah, systematic cast. <laughs> Gibson Les Paul, Prophets of Gorilla Farts. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, the gorilla farts are legendary on our show. Oh my god! I, I think we're 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 gonna set up another fan hangout show here coming up. You know, probably like late spring, early summer. And I I think I'm stuck doing the damn gorilla fart shots on on the air again because that's just gonna be like a <laughs> that's gonna be like a thing. But um, 
So we got one more song, and uh, you obviously were thrilled about this. So the encore was the Count of Tuscany. So I'll I'll let you I'll let you talk about this one because I know that you were stoked as hell to see this. Oh man, literally second the 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 day after the first tour date, you know, I make the mistake. I go on Facebook or I go on Blabbermouth or whatever, and it's like the second thing I see is like. Here's a video of God of Tuscany. <laughs> so it's like, dang it. But at the same time, you're like, oh, my God. You know? <laughs> so I was like, I couldn't be mad that that one was spoiled. But like if they had if I had had no idea, I don't, I don't even know what I would have done. I would have like completely just totally lost my mind if I had no idea that was coming. Like, yeah, but it was like just set up for the And it was awesome because Chance like literally said that like that's his favorite song. And it's like. I don't know, man. There's just something so powerful about that song. It just, you know, the intro starts out and then Petrucci, you know, I just, it. every time I hear it, I just, the hair stands up on the back of my neck. I've said it a million times. I mean, he starts playing that little little lead. My, my only complaint was um, the first lead that Jordan does, you know, with that little Moog thing. Like, I wish that the, the sound like the volume wasn't up enough on it, but because that's like kind oh. of my second, second yeah. favorite part of the song. But, but other than that, man, yeah, it was, it was just, I mean, I don't know that there's any song that you could maybe breaking all illusions. I, I don't know. I, I mean, is there a better song to end a dream theater night with? Maybe you'll say, you know, trial of tears or something. Cause you love the song, but <laughs> well, no, but, I, I mean, if you really think about it, like, I mean, what song is a better way to end a dream theater show? I, I, I don't know. I can't think of one. I, I would have to take time to think about it because I mean, there isn't one that jumps out immediately because it is, it was an awesome encore. Yeah. Uh, S- Sandy, you know, Sandy says, uh, I took my son. His favorite is the Count of Tuscany. He wasn't spoiled. Watching him was the best moment oh, of man. the show. That's awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's um. Yeah, it was great, dude. And I mean, especially I mean, honestly, like playing a view from the top of the world back to back with you know Count of Tuscany was a kick-ass way to end the show. Um, uh, a couple more comments here on view from the top of the world. Uh, Sandy again, she says on view from about three minutes to about 18 minutes has some of the best music I've heard for quite a while. The song only falls behind most of the other epics because the end is meh for me. And Brandon Charles says for me, uh, view from the top of the world has risen to the level of Octavarium. Wow. That's, that's high praise, man. So, um, yeah, a lot of fans for that. Um, all right, so all right, so Robert Reams says he thinks that Metropolis Part One is like the perfect way to end a Dream Theater show, and Nick Brayman he is voting for Learning to Live, but Tuscany was great, he said. So um, I can uh, I cannot argue either of those. You yeah, know my love I, for Metropolis. <laughs> yeah, I I can't either. Um, yeah, I mean, dude, overall, the show was awesome, and I gotta say, like, I was I was pleasantly surprised because I'm always afraid of. You know, this sounds kind of stupid to say, but you, you don't really realize the passage of time until you look back and go, holy shit. Like, you know, because when I was thinking about it, you know, I, I was talking to our buddy Tommy yesterday and he had mentioned, you know, in the chat a few a few episodes ago, he said, you know, this would be my 14th time seeing Dream Theater. And I started thinking, I was like, well, how many times is it for me? And I think I forgot one of the shows. So, so yesterday was either my 20th or 21st time seeing the band. And when I thought about it, I'm like, oh my God, I've been seeing this band since 99 on every single tour. And you know, you're, you, it doesn't really hit you until you really quantify it like that. And then you start wondering like, okay, these guys are in their late fifties. Like when, when, when is it going to finally, you know, they have to start tuning down and you know, when, you know, 
obviously tuning down. You know, when when is James just not gonna be able to hit any high notes? You know, stuff like that. And I, so I, I'm always nervous. Like, is that gonna happen at this show when I go see him? And yesterday I was like, man, with especially with a two year break. And I gotta tell you, man. They sounded kick ass. I mean, James's voice was so powerful, and he didn't hit all of the high notes, but he hit most of them. And the the notes that he chose instead of the really high stuff, I thought was really complimentary, and it wasn't like super low to where it was obvious that I'm I'm not trying to hit a high note. Like, like it sounded great. I mean, what did you think? Yeah, I, you know. So let's see this. I think I figured out you and I saw him five times, and I'd seen him twice uh, before that. So I'm, mm -hmm. at, I'm at seven total, which, you know, that's a pretty decent amount to see one band. You yeah, know, for sure. Over the course of their career. Yeah, I mean, they, I, I mean, I just knew, I, I don't know, I, I knew that James would sound, I don't want to use the term good enough, but I knew he would sound fine. And that sounds, that even sounds kind of mash, you know, but I, I just <laughs> didn't think, they, I just didn't think he would go out there if he couldn't sound really good, you know, like, yep. You know, he knows enough to how to take care of his voice and take care of his body and stuff. And and um, the way they maybe laid out the set, maybe that helped him. And like you'd said before, the, all the stuff on the new album, it looks like they've kind of tried to keep it a little bit of a lower range. Although, like you say that, but then you get to like Alien and the chorus, you know, and some of the stuff at the end of that song, you're like, well, it's actually yeah. getting up there higher than you even than you even thought. And some of the stuff in Endless Sacrifice is super high too. But uh, yeah, I yep. thought he... I thought he sounded sounded great, and uh, you know he he does that thing where it's like you don't have to sing the every part of every chorus. You know you can get the crowd to you know yell out some of the stuff, and that saves you a little. You know even if it's only like one word every time on the chorus or something, that saves you a little bit on your voice. You know you're not just shouting the whole night, and uh, and uh, yeah, it, it was it was awesome, man. I you know I, I do want to say something about the sound, and I don't know if my ears are just going, but it was like I had to have my earplugs in, like. I took him out for Count of Tuscany, and it's like, you know, it's, I don't know, it just felt like, and I don't know if it's because we're so close to the stage, and you mentioned this when we were at the Chicago Theater, like, the sound was kind of, I don't know, what's the word you used, it was wonky, or it was a little weird. Yeah. But it was like, I just felt like this, this high end, this shrill, just like tearing my ears off, like, without the earplugs in. I don't know if that's where we were sitting, or if my ears are just shot, or because I told you for Arch Echo, like I literally like, okay, I got to go see if I can find some earplugs in the, because I mean, they were just so loud. I'm just like, I, I love heavy, loud music, but it's like, I don't need it to be. So I, I don't know, maybe my days of being in the front row are over. I'm just going to have to go balcony or something, <laughs> which, you know, I mean, balcony for a show like that is amazing too. You know? Oh yeah. You yeah. Know, it's probably, it might even sound like you said, I bet it probably sounds better back there. Yep. So our buddy, our buddy Wayne is in the chat. Good to see you, man. Wayne, again, amazing work on the videos and the stage, the stage, the stage design. It was awesome. We were getting compliments all night long. People were talking about how great it looked. Um, Wayne says, Brian, I knew you would be happy with the count being the encore. First thing I thought of. Ha -ha. <laughs> That's <laughs> so awesome. I can't believe we remembered that. <laughs> That's funny. So we're, he's he's busy. We're talking about the tour, and you know Wayne's doing workout. He knows the set list. And he's he's got to sit there and like, ah, I know something Brian doesn't know. <laughs> well, that doesn't um, take much. <laughs> right. Uh, so Jack Curtis, uh, Jack Curtis Lewis II, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for checking out the show. He says, coming on late here tonight i saw the cincy show last wednesday the sound was awesome and james sounded better than any tour i've seen besides the astonishing and this was my fifth tour that i have seen yeah i mean he, he sounded great um 
<laughs> Nick Brayman, <laughs> I feel like a chump. This is only my eighth time. Ha ha ha. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Robert Reams, he says, I think I think last night was my ninth show. James has done outstanding every single time. I've never heard him have a bad night when I've when I've went. Uh, I haven't either, man. Uh, and that, that's not that's not being a, a James fanboy, which I very much am. Uh, he has sounded great every time I've seen him, and it's it's awesome. So, uh, yeah, it was. It was definitely a kick-ass show. Um, I thought our, I, I thought Arch Echo was fantastic. I, I pulled some of their stuff down today. Um, and they played a perfect length of time, too. I mean, it was only a half-hour set. So, you know, you you were getting into it and you enjoyed it. And then right as you're, you're probably about to get to this point where you're like, all right, where's Dream Theater? They ended, they ended the set. Um, I really liked them. So if you guys are not able to catch Dream Theater on this tour, go check out our checkout. They were really good. Um, and again, you know, the Dream Theater set really flowed very well. The band sounded great. Um, honestly, if, if I had only one complaint, Brian, I would say we did not. We only got like one Zen Riffer spot with Jordan. He he basically just stayed on his keyboard the whole time. It didn't come up front. There was no awesome like jammy like thing with him and Petrucci. It was, you know, they they pretty much stuck to the song structures, and it it didn't allow Jordan to come kick some ass like with you know, with some ripping leads. I mean, did, did you notice that? Yeah, it surprised me. I think it was was it endless sacrifice was the, was the one he came out on. I think so. I think so. Yeah, because that's like kind of the one where. Sort of playing, you know, well, sounds sounds like those heavier, heavier kind of keyboards that almost sound like a guitar on the low end. But yeah, he didn't riff a lot. I don't. I saw the wizard hat sitting back there. Did that even ever go on? I don't even know if he because usually I think he puts that on and does the Zen riffer, and I don't even think he did that. I I, I don't think he did. I don't think he did. So I I don't know if that was just something where maybe it was a time thing, or they're like, you know, if if he feels like coming out and doing more, he doesn't. And if he doesn't, they just have like a cue or something. I, I don't know. So, you know, that was kind of a little disappointing, I guess. I thought maybe we'd get maybe like a short Petrucci spotlight or a Mangini spotlight or something, but then think it back like, okay, no, and they're playing all these epics. Why would they want to bother with that? You know, it's kind of dumb. <laughs> We're such a couple of snobs. We get Count of Tuscany, View yeah. of the Top of the World, 6 o'clock, you know, Bridges in the Sky. <laughs> We're sitting here going, we didn't get enough Zen Riffer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> We're so greedy, man. We are so greedy. Uh, Gibson Les Paul says, I love James. The best I've ever seen him was on a Long for the Ride tour 2014. He had a rough night on the show I saw for Images and Words and Beyond, though, at the show I saw. Um, he was awesome at the Images and Words show that, that we caught in Pennsylvania. Uh, oh, look, Sandy says, and here's for anybody listening. She says, I've seen them two times so far, and Houston is coming up. I will be hosting a Dream Theater USA fan club pre-show there. So if any of you guys are tuned in around the Houston area, uh, if you guys are listening to the replays or anything and you're around Houston, uh, check out the Dream Theater USA Facebook page, and Sandy will be hosting a uh, pre-show meetup. And I can, I can tell you from personal experience that they are a blast, and the hosts do a great job. So uh, one more time, shouting out Everett and all the awesome people that we met yesterday. Um so yeah, man, I I, th I think that'll pretty much do it for this episode. And uh, I guess coming up, we're gonna do our systematic chaos album deep dive by request, going out to Gibson Les Paul. And um, you know, uh, oh here we go. Wayne Wayne's got a spoiler for us. He says they were supposed to do a big improv in the middle of count, like ten minutes worth. I built a whole extra section of animations for it. Guess it hasn't happened yet. Oh man, damn it. So <laughs> 
<laughs> he's, he's, he's probably more pissed than we are then. <laughs> yeah. You got, you got to send that over to us, Wayne. Give us a little <laughs> behind the scenes scoop there. <laughs> so, Man, look at look at Jack uh, Jack Lewis. He says he's got a long one here. Uh, that's what she said. I knew the set list ahead of time and was a little disappointed with only ten total songs. Plus, I really wanted to hear Transcending Time too. However, the biggest takeaway was how good the three lo- the three long quote unquote mid paced tracks were. Uh, they were all much better live than the studio versions. In fact, when I'm listening to Train of Thought and Systematic Chaos, I usually skip Ministry and Endless because I get bored listening to them. And on the view title track, it is good, but it's my least favorite mega epic. All right. So uh, Brandon Charles says, I love how committed the fan club is to unifying the community and creating memorable experiences. I could not agree more, man. It was, like I said, it was really fun meeting everybody. So, um, Oh, and one more from Gibson Les Paul, and we'll let you guys go. But he says, if anyone in the chat is going to the Red Bank show in New Jersey, we always pregame at Dublin House. So there you go. You can, you can meet up with Gibson Les Paul. Uh, ask him how it feels to be banned from the chat 11 times. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, man, all you guys in the chat, um, thank you guys for hanging out. To any of you guys who are new viewers, uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Once again, you know, to our buddies Everett and Robert and you know uh, Sandy, everybody you know from yesterday that we met up, it was awesome to meet you guys. Hopefully, you enjoyed the show. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed our interview with Chance Labrie. And again, uh, in a couple weeks, we're probably going to do our systematic cast deep dive. But as our buddy Aiken said, uh, we are currently talking to Dream Theater management to hopefully get one or two of the guys on to do a tour, a U.S. tour leg wrap up. So. We may have the guys on, and if the guys are on, we definitely want all of you guys in the chat because we want to pull your guys' questions up so that you guys can actually talk to Dream Theater. It'd be awesome to have you guys be able to you know, interact with them the same way that we are. So uh, we will definitely be promoting the hell out of that if it happens. Um, Brian, another great show, man. It was – thank you for you know making time to you know lug all your stuff all the way to – you know lawrenceburg indiana and set up in your hotel room and, yeah i think uh, we actually pulled it up I, I think there was maybe like one time I, I think i lost signal for a second or two but yeah, yeah other than that yeah awesome man yeah it was very cool having chance on and uh like this is an easy show like when you okay you get to interview you know <laughs> yep the, the, you know the, the singer's son who's a great drummer and a great band and then you get to talk about the concert you were just at 24 hours ago i mean it, it, <laughs> yep. it doesn't make for an easier podcast than that you know I know it was it was a blast, man. So, yeah, thanks all you guys once again for checking out the show. Uh, We will be live again on Thursday, March 10th at 730 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Don't forget, we are live every other Thursday at 730 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Facebook, YouTube, TalkingIntoInfinity.com and the CMS Network. Dot com. So come hang out with us, uh, download the show, click that subscribe, like button, all that fun social media crap that I'm terrible about promoting. Uh, thanks all you guys in the chat. It was awesome to see everybody. Uh, Nick and Sandy and Robert and Jack and Gibson and Kale, all you guys, Brandon, uh, Wayne, good to see you, man. And uh, man, appreciate you guys. And we will see you in two weeks and uh, keep posted. We'll see you if we got the guys on. And if we don't, then we're definitely going to talk some systematic chaos. So until then, Brian, love you, man. Awesome show. And uh, we'll see you guys next time, guys. Carpe diem.
Welcome to the night. You think you know Night Demon? Then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop, the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts.